Hey, YouTubers and friends, how is, how are all of you doing tonight? Totally awesome, I hope. Totally awesome. Uh, no, Chris, I'm not working at the school, at least yet. Um, everybody, welcome to another Tuesday Night Hangout live with Toledo Jess and I tonight we have Brandy Radford uh I guess she's pretty rad with a name like Radford you know but uh she's we'll learn more about her past in the Klondike in the Yukon she's a Canadian author of the book The Chain um, and from what I understand, she's a real good storyteller, so that will make Jesse's job a lot easier, huh? So don't go away. We're about to start right after this. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Tuesday Night Hangout Live. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, if that happens, that'll be the trick. <laughs> <laughs> we better not do that. The joys of live entertainment, Brandy. <laughs> yeah. you know. Well, she was here. She was here. She left. We'll have to start over uh, good evening, well, you know, Just in case, just, just so you know, he's already started the show with us. Well, you know, once it's in motion, it's in motion, you know, it's, I, I can't, not, bad. not, not much, 
working away, going to Fosik this weekend. Wish you guys Are were you? going. Yeah. Me too, but my my truck's not fixed. All they right. put they threw me off into the corner and just wait because I'm such a nice guy. They just you were just too corner. nice. You should have been too nice in there just, going, what the hell's the going on around here? worked on somebody else. I don't pay you to have my truck for nine flipping months. <laughs> it's only been three months, Ed. Quit exaggerating. Okay, three months. <laughs> but gee whiz. So let's say, let's say hi to our chat room here real quick hey, chat then room. we can like i mean we can move on to our guests i think our guests are probably more fun to listen to than us <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah i do she's a lot better looking than us that's pretty... i don't know about that either that goes without saying all right hey patriot pa patriot ohio metal maven hey nikki yep. and chad i see nailed it detecting up there prospecting Katie, buddy Friday. good to see you buddy yeah hello hobo rob prospecting howdy terry lefty hobo, right? marshall you must, how are you you must have shared it if, if one of, is that one of your friends chris roberts uh hobo rob Probably got a lot of friends. Yeah. Gold Pan. Welcome. John Neva. And of course, the world's greatest moderator, Mr. Lodak. What's up, buddy? Can't forget uh, the guy you love to choke when you just meet him. Uh, Ohio <laughs> Relic Hunter. Good to see you, Bill. What's up, Bill? <laughs> Uh, David Hola, bien amigo. Como esta usted? What's up? David Villa in the house? Yeah. Terry yeah, Curry. I, I saw... Oh, wait, look. Buddy. Jason, BC Treasure Trails. Cool, uh, welcome. Good oh, look, Nightbots in the house. Chris, Goats Firewood and Farms. That I work with them once in a while. Uh, Terry Curry, what's up? GoPro Unlimited, good to see you, brother. Nailed it, detecting. Welcome. Yeah, Treasure maybe they might come Welcome. to Fossick. Oh, yeah, cool. Pitch a tent at our Pitch camp. A tent. Uh, maybe Sorry. I hope so. Goats, oh, Pardon? Gold Painter, welcome. And jo <laughs> Joseph Newton, Knowlton. I hate butchering names, but I do it every week. Every week, Vicky, what's up, Vicky? Long time no see, and Ryan, of course. Glad you like the music, Kane Friday. Good eye, Mike. Good eye, Mike. How you doing down there? I think we got everybody, Ed. Uh, somewhere in Ohio. Did you get Brian? Somewhere in Ohio. Yes, I did. I did. Did you? Uh, I just did. Hey. Hey, oh. Chris Roberts. How you doing? Got him, too. Yeah, well. <laughs> I, I, All right. 
Vicky and Ryan, how are you doing? The Pierce family from beautiful Maine. Yep. I, I think we got them so far for now. I'm sure there'll be got more rating. Oh, oh no, we forgot. We forgot someone. <laughs> Our lurkers. That's right. Some of them are more famous than others, but we do love them all. Absolutely. Gotta love your lurkers. Oh, That's yeah. That's right. You're a lurker. You're a lurker. Hey, I'm you know a what? Here, here. This is, this is something that, that kind of popped into my head a little earlier when we were talking. When you said, oh, I've, I've watched, I've caught a couple of your shows. I thought to myself, and she still came on? <laughs> right, right. Because you decided to far anyway. from professional. I found the very interesting. Well, oh, good. Well, you. and I tell you what, let's go ahead and introduce her. Right? Well, introduce our guest. Ladies, gentlemen, meet our guest tonight, author of the book The Chain. Uh she has a gold mining history in the Yukon and the Klondike. Um she could talk about that if she wants. I'm sure we will because that's where I'm sure her we'll story, get there somewhere. <laughs> her story we'll get begins uh, in the Yukon, anyway, I believe. So, but she's an author and she rides and, a Harley and lives on a yes. farm in beautiful Canada, yes. Yes. British Columbia. Um, what else? Let's get That's her about, up. And she likes long, long, slow walks on the beach and <laughs> holding hands and big white snowflakes. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> uh, that, is that where you get Snowflake Juliet from? Yes, I've had um, that email address since the beginning of internet time. Um, no, no, I've no. It, it yeah, was I've a Yahoo <laughs> account. It isn't AOL like Jesse's. Yeah, I know. It was pretty much the beginning of hey. time. Like, and yes, that's where where my um, email came from was uh, big white snowflakes holding hands, and that's all in the story of my book because I wrote an ad to find my husband, um, and that was what I wrote was desperately seeking Romeo, and that I liked. Holding hands, big white snowflakes, and long walks. So he answered. He answered my ad. We have another Ozzy in the house, Brad Welsh, and me, Miner. How you doing, Greg? Uh, another Canadian out of Ontario, huh? So he he answered your ad. Yeah. So that's how like... my whole. That's how my whole gold mining. Um, experience in life began. Um, I started out, I started out in a small, small town in Canada in the interior of BC. It's actually dubbed mile zero of the Gold Rush Trail, not the Klondike Gold Rush, but this was a smaller gold rush called the um, Fraser Canyon Gold Rush. Oh, or the okay. Fraser River yeah, gold yeah. Rush. And there's a lot of panners that a lot of prospectors that um, still go panning in the Fraser River because there is quite a bit of gold there. So I started out in a small town there. And of course, every 
girl wants to get out of a small town and uh, I ended up moving to the big city of Vancouver, which is close to Seattle. And um, I had changed a lot of things about myself. I was, I was a real party person. I was heading down the wrong trail. All my friends were, you know, not doing well and drugs and all that kind of stuff. I just wanted to change my life. Typical so, uh, American youth. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, when you live in a small town, what else is there to do? But you know, right. some, right. some people are, some people go one way in my town and I went the bad girl way. And, um, but I knew, I seen what had happened to my friends or what was happening and I didn't want to end up like that. Sounds so a lot I, like me, I, actually, Brandy. Yeah. And now, yeah. Yeah, I don't drink. I don't do anything now. So I'm totally the opposite of what I was back then. Um, and I'd always wanted to travel the world. Like, that was a huge thing for me. Um, I was very adventurous and uh, wasn't like, like my parent, like my parents much at all because they stuck to their, you know, they, they stuck to Canada. They didn't travel anywhere. And um, so I, I decided to become a travel agent and I started school as a travel agent. And at, because I quit drinking and everything, I would never meet anybody in a bar. So I thought, well, I'll put an ad in the local newspaper because back then there was no internet, there was no POF or whatever, right? So I just put an ad in the newspaper and, and the headline was Desperately Seeking Romeo. And Juliet was and described myself as 5'7", blonde, blue eyes, funny, loyal, love to um, take long walks, holding hands and big white snowflakes. And the guy that, I had a few guys that answered that ad. Um, one ended up being my husband, but my husband said that what made him answer that ad was because he thought to himself, what other color would a snowflake be? So other than white. So he thought that was kind of funny. Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's, that's how we met. And he had just started um, mining for uh, a friend of his. Uh, he was a, a home builder in Langley. Well, just outside of Vancouver. He was a home builder and they had had rough times. And so he decided that's something he always wanted to do. And, um, he decided to go work for a friend of his and then ended up buying a mine the, the year or the year before we met. And so when we met, I looked after his kids for that one uh, summer that he was up mining. And then the second season, I ended up going mining with him up in Yukon. So it was a whole brand new experience. I was adventurous, but I didn't like I was the kind of girl that I wore a lot of makeup. I dressed up. I wore heels all the time. I wasn't I wasn't that. I didn't like camping. I didn't like doing anything like that. So to me, this was a, a real adventure going straight into the middle of the bush in the middle. So of that the was, bush. that was when you started, that was when you started looking for gold was after you met him. Yeah. After I met him, uh, our, basically we started our first mine together. Um, he had just gathered equipment and stuff the year before, but we actually, I put together the mine and got it up and running and so that was my very first experience was just flying literally into the middle of nowhere and getting so dropped off by helicopter <laughs> so you'd never even prospected or even done anything like that before nothing Did, didn't know nothing, anything huh? about anything <laughs> wow. i didn't know anything about uh equipment or i was actually kind of scared of equipment when i first was around it because it's pretty big stuff and like i said i, I was a girl I was a girly girl. I'm I'm not anymore. I'm I've changed over the years, but when I was younger, I was very much a girly girl. Like I was, you know, the the right. nails, the hair, the makeup, the dresses, the heels. So for me, uh, this was very different. Yeah, no doubt. 
And it was so exciting. From girly girl to mountain girl. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, a lot but like I loved me. it. I loved every minute of it. And um, still to this day, I have gold fever and I will never get rid of it. Um, I know for a while there, I was, I didn't want to do it anymore because there was issues with my marriage that um, wasn't working out between us. So I, we needed to separate. And so I had to move away from the gold mining industry, but I do still love it. And I, I once you have gold fever, you never get rid of it. I mean, oh, I'm right. sure that all your your lurkers and all of your subscribers know that, right? Oh, right. Yeah. It's like a very bad disease, but in a good way once you catch gold fever. Oh. Right. The, the, yeah. That's the good part about it. It's it's a terrible disease to have, but yeah. it has worse. Yeah. And especially yeah. when you're a, a bigger time miner than like sure. you were in the top five producing mines for uh for many years and it was sort of a very small taste of celebrity is what it was because everywhere you went like my husband would carry pockets full of nuggets like we'd get big nuggets like uh, our biggest one was six or seven ounces i do believe but he used to we'd go into the sluice box every day and we'd just pick out a whole bunch of nuggets and he'd keep them in his pocket whenever we were in town he would pull them out because he because he just wanted to see people's reactions so if he was paying for something he would pull them out of his pocket so you could see them and pick out a dime or a quarter or whatever right. he needed and then of, and then of course everybody would be going oh my god what's that are those nuggets and of course you know and then pretty soon you got a whole crowd of people around you right and it's, so it's a bit of celebrity when you and and now it must be worse because of all of these shows that are out there it must be even worse for people that are mining the not worse, but it must be they're even more of a celebrity probably now because so many people are interested in gold mining now. Well, I, I tell you, when when like when I talk to people about gold and prospecting and 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 you know finding gold here in Ohio, and uh, first of all, they think I'm crazy. Yeah, you know? <laughs> there's no gold in Ohio. No gold. Uh, well, that's what I was then, gonna say. Is there gold in Ohio? Yeah, it came right. from and Ontario, and no, Liz, you can't have it back. You yeah. too, Greg. <laughs> and then, and then uh, the the fact that that I'm able to find it now, they, you know, a lot of people don't realize there's still gold all over the place. Yeah, so they haven't even found like right a, per a small percentage of the gold that's out there. Yeah, I, I think one of these say 10% has been yeah, found. Yeah, something like that. Throughout all of history. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is that people keep searching for it all over the world. Like, if you watch, do you guys watch Gold Rush? No. No? No. Yeah, I do yeah. watch Parker's Trail sometimes when oh, I okay. can. Yeah, we, see, now we, he's traveling the world looking for gold, right. but yeah. they all end up back in the Klondike. They all end up back there because I think that that's, Really, some of the best gold in the world is in the Klondike. I mean, I, I I like the people we've we've actually had a lot of those. I'm not gonna say a lot. We've had a, a few a of those few. people yeah, from the different few. shows on here uh, talking to them. But uh, yeah, the the shows are too much drama. Yeah, too Just much. Too much. Uh, yeah, because we, we you know. Doing it ourselves, and and you know we know all that's involved pretty much in, in doing that kind of stuff. So when you watch the show and all that goes from one drama scene to the next, and you're going, yeah. well, what about you know where we want to see this? You know that's not yeah. what they want to show. 
I don't know why they don't have a real show out there, like one that really shows what it's all about and all the real hardships that they go through, because there is a lot of It doesn't sell. It doesn't sell. There's not enough drama. The only thing that sells on drama or or on TV is drama. TNA and drama. I'll say it that way. Yeah, yeah, right, right. TNA and drama. You got TV. So... Uh, but when you were, I know you said you were adventurous. Did you ever, when you were young, did you ever think that about treasure hunting itself? Well, Lillooet, the town that I lived in, is a big. Uh, it was a gold country too, and jade. There was a lot of jade around there, and so there was a lot of rock hounds in Lillooet, which is uh-huh. my hometown. Yeah, so I was kind of interested in the rock hounding a bit. Um, you know, when I was that age, no. When I was in my teens, no. Uh, my hormones kicked in and I was screwed. <laughs> but, you know, there was right. um, just the rock the rock gathering stuff because my sister and her brother, they were totally into rock collecting and things like that, but not so much gold. I didn't know anything about that until I got into my late 20s, early 30s. So, so the, the, your, your, your gold adventure... Started mm-hmm. after you got married, you got a mine, you got to work in it. Um, and and we all know it's it's, it's hard work. It's oh, hard. It's... Did it, did it did it see? Did your mind pay out pay off for you? It did, but our problem was that we kept wanting to get bigger. And That's everybody's problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that if we'd stayed smaller, it probably mm-hmm. would have worked out better for us. But it wasn't just mining. We ended up buying a bunch of businesses and stuff in uh, back home area, restaurants, uh, marinas, campgrounds, stuff like that. We started doing, trying to trying to get stuff. your money to work for you. Exactly, but it didn't. It didn't work out. That kind of destroyed it. That destroyed everything. And getting, I think, if we'd stayed small and never did any of that, and just had one small mine, just the family working, it would have worked out. But at some point, we at one point we had probably fifteen people working for us. Um, you know, then you need cooks and you need, you need, you need everything, right? So you need it just, you need the main person and all their support. Yeah, and you know, uh, yeah. then then we wanted to have. I think that. I'm not going to blame anybody here, but I think that some people wanted to be the biggest of the, they had to have the biggest bulldozer and the biggest excavator. And, you know, so those things are, you know, a couple million bucks for a big bulldozer. And it's just got, so the payments were just brutal and trying to keep up with it. But I mean, we would produce probably 3000 ounces a year, which was fairly decent awesome. back then. Well, you know, um, and that's the way, you know, I look at it like this. I, I'm a little small time guy goes out on the weekends or as often as he can. If I were to, if I were to do more than that, it would cost me way more right. than I'm ever going to find doing what I do, yeah. you know? And yeah. if I want to pay it, I want it to pay off. Then I have to not only buy bigger equipment, I have to buy property. I have to buy, that's just more headache. I'm retired. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you just want to do it as a hobby and have fun, which is what I'm, by the way, I'm taking up now. I've started, I've gone back to actual gold panning. So 
I, I don't know how I'm going to get back into the world of gold mining, but I'm just starting by just going back gold panning. And there's some really good places around where I live. And so I've, I've gone back to the basics of just panning right. and seeing what I can find and, you know, getting the getting gold fever back revved up and see where it goes. But uh, yeah, sometimes yeah. going too big isn't, isn't the best way to go with things. And we well, started yeah, out small. It, it, it looks good. Looks good yeah. on paper. I mean, really, it, it looks good on paper. I look yeah. at I look at uh, some of these gold shows like uh, Gold Rush, yeah. And I look at their pans and what they're doing and what they're finding, and I'm looking at where I prospect for gold, and I'm thinking, well, you know, if I moved as much dirt as they're able to move, oh, yeah. hell, I could do almost as good as them, you know. Well, but course, yeah. you gotta have you got to because our our gold here is all you know, uh, 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 glacial Fine. gold. Yeah, it's all really fine. You yeah, know? fine ways, fine, fine gold weighs heavy though, right? Well, well it takes up pure. There's less airspace. Yeah. You know, that picture the, you guys have of me with a uh, on on your cover there. Yeah. With the, mm -hmm. with the gold pan. That was a million dollars worth of gold in that pan. Wow. Uh, that was cool. the first. That was the one and only time we had a million dollars in our pan. So that, that must was have been only awesome. That was only a few weeks, I think, of work. Yeah. I mean, I know I, I can't even imagine what that feels like. I just I know what it feels like when I when I'm I'm working all day and I get a gram or close yeah, to a gram. You know? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I got it today. <laughs> yeah, well when you're thinking you don't know what it feels like because all, all you feel is, oh my God, I have all these bills to pay and this barely is gonna pay it. So <laughs> it's the same thing whether it's bigger or smaller, if you have a large right, amount or a small right. amount. You got your bills right. to pay before anything else, and um, well, and I put all that, yeah, and I put all that sweat equity into it all day working on it, and yeah. I come out with you know not even day wages, but I'm still happy. <laughs> yeah, well, we used to work um, like sun up to sundown in the Yukon. Sundown was sometimes all night, so <laughs> right. right. So you did a lot of sixteen-hour days uh, when I first started. Like when I got dropped off, when we got dropped off. In the middle of nowhere, I was clueless as to what I was getting myself into. And I just, I didn't even think about it. I just went with the flow. And, you know, one day I'm cooking because that, I thought that's what I would do when I was there because I could cook. I was a good cook. So I cooked for the guys. And then uh, eventually I just didn't want to do that. I didn't want to sit and camp anymore. I wanted to get down there with the guys. So there was me and my husband and one other guy. And we just, we did all the stripping and I started running. I think I started running bulldozer first. Which I was I was terrified of it, like because the thing was massive. The traps came up over my head, right? And that was just a right. D10N, so that's not a really big. That's not a huge bulldozer, but I was terrified of it, and uh, I hated it. I one time I got out of it, and I was sitting on the ground, literally crying. I wanted to get a bomb and blow the friggin' thing up because I couldn't get it to level properly. So, so once I <laughs> once I mastered that, then I felt a little better. But my Favorite piece of equipment was always an excavator because I just, um, once I figured it out and got the hang of it, um, I just clicked with an excavator and, and never really wanted to run a bulldozer again. Yeah, heavy equipment is, is scary at first, but it's so much fun once you get the hang of it. You just, you just, it's, it's a lot it's of fun. <laughs> I like it because you're on your own and you don't have right. anybody telling you what to do. Right. And you just, I would just put in music and just crank it and sing to the top of my lungs and, 
nobody there to listen. And uh, yeah, the only thing is you you don't get a lot of exercise in in equipment. And you, no. sit there and you, <laughs> you you get a little round. Yeah, exactly. But I was still young, so I wasn't getting round then. So I could yeah. eat whatever I wanted. <laughs> So, so we you you get married, you have a mind, you're making some money, yeah, and then doo doo hits the fan. Doo doo what? Doo doo hits the fan. <laughs> doo doo hits the fan. Well, um, when we first started mining, we were doing really good. Like I said, we were on top five producing mines for a while, and then gold plummeted. I don't know if you guys remember, but uh, gold plummeted down to. 250 i think for many years and well, that's that was, that, well, that so been you were mining 70s. a lot in the 80s when it was high and then yeah it was it was in the 90s i can't remember the, the exact years yeah so the, it was down to 250 for quite a few years and so we were producing so much gold if it if it had been at the prices that they're getting today it would have been we would have, we would have totally been retired and right it, yeah. it went so low and uh yeah doo hit the fan and um they came and seized all our equipment huh. uh so that was really hard and then we kind of made it back yeah. again and started over in a, in a totally different creek and I'd heard stories about this creek kind of uh, about this guy named John Madsen that had mined there and people think that, you know, that he had been killed by a wolf. And, you know, I just heard all these kind of little stories about him. And so when we first landed on the airstrip at that particular site, so those claims are called uh, Madsen Creek. So so all the all the creeks that you mine have names in the Yukon and that one was Madsen Creek. And when we landed uh, on the airstrip, I kind of just looked around it was there was snowy still on the mountains and I was cold and you know this is a new adventure for us and so I was kind of excited because there was a road to town so for me that was huge because our other creek we couldn't we couldn't drive to town at all so I was I got very claustrophobic there so I was really excited about this place and when I'm standing on the airstrip and I looked around there's this big rock outcropping kind of maybe a quarter mile away and I said to my husband at the time um if I was John Matson, because there were stories that he'd buried his gold around. So I said, if I was John Matson, that's where I would bury my gold. And he just laughed at me and he said, why, why on earth would you say that? And I just thought because that's the only place that he could always see, he would always know what was there, whether the leaves were on the trees or off the trees or winter, summer, fall, you would always see that rock, rock, rock outcropping. So he could, he just laughed at me because everybody's been looking for this guy's gold forever. And I knew that I would find something there. And so I made him take me up there one day, many months after we'd been on this creek, we finally hiked it up there. And as soon as I got there, I found this coffee can. And it was almost like it was just set there meant for me to find. And it's the strangest thing. Like, how would this happen? How would I find this? How did, why was this? meant for me to find like because it's it's in the middle of literally nowhere and how would I know to go there and I started actually having dreams about all of this stuff so I don't know if I'm psychic or what but anyway so this is this is the actual can that I found I don't know if you can see it but it says Hill Brothers along wow. the out there so it's a very old can and this is how I found it and I thought, oh my God, I grabbed this can. I'm going, oh my God, there's going to be the treasure map in here. This is going to tell me where all the gold is. <laughs> buried, right? 
so when I when I pulled this lid off, it was vacuum sealed. Like it, for 40 some years, it sat out there um, in the middle of nowhere with everybody looking for this stuff. Like people that would had mined previous to us, they were looking for to find anything they could have his. But when I pulled out the lid, the, like the smell that came out of here was just amazing because it was so old and so it was musty and, and there was all this paperwork in there and I have all these pieces of paper that were shoved in here and this before you open that oh well, before you open that oh well that's all right yeah oh yeah these guys want us a closer look of the treasure porn you have there in your hand of the can yes that's okay. treasure porn to them uh can you see <laughs> <laughs> just a coffee yeah. can but look at it yeah it's a coffee and you can barely oh, make out yeah but you can see the label on it yeah it says hills brothers Oh, that's awesome. I don't know if you can see this side. So yeah, it's yeah, a Hills Brothers cool. coffee can. When I opened it, like I said, there was a whole bunch of paperwork in there. I thought for sure this was gonna be a treasure map. I didn't really wanna open everything there cause I was sitting in the middle of nowhere. I didn't wanna lose anything. Um, right. We ended up just, we packed it back up, got back on our four wheelers, headed back, back to camp. And then I, pop the top off and like I said the smell was just amazing and I went through all these pieces of paper that I'll show you guys um, many and every piece of paper was preserved perfectly because it was vacuum sealed oh, in this can like it looks better than new almost some of it like it's just it's amazing and then do you want me to continue on with what what within the can or oh absolutely yeah, yeah. that's 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 the part that yeah well I just want to make sure you don't have any questions yet so no, okay. no, we're, we're there. <laughs> so I pulled out, I, I don't have all the paperwork in here, but there's little things like, like this little book here. I don't know if you can see this little book. Oh. It's very oh. tattered. And, and inside, all it is is just a bunch of miscellaneous writing. I don't know what he was doing. Like notes just, and stuff? Um, well, it looks like a lot of it is he was keeping tabs of his gold production. Like how a many- A letter of some uh, sort. Yeah, like there was a lot of numbers, um, parts of the creek. So I'm assuming he is marking down how many ounces he found in a certain part of the creek or whatever. Um, Ooh, that sounds then, like it's something to be worth. I know, I know. <laughs> exploring. <laughs> and then he just signed his name a lot. Um, he was Norwegian, so he couldn't speak a lot of English. So I think he was practicing signing his name a lot. Um, so things like that were in there. Um, that, that, that's, that was her husband, right? Yeah, well, I'm going to get to that. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're getting ahead of yourself. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just shut up, Jesse. Listen. <laughs> so this was um, uh, his glasses case. It was in there. You can oh. see. And can you see the little glass? It's only... I think I drank too much oh, coffee. I'm really, I'm really shaking. And the glasses here. were in there, huh? Yeah, look. Can you see them? Oh, oh cool. Some old oh, wow. specs. There's the no reading specs, it looks like. Yeah, there's no glass left in them, obviously. Um, oh. So, yeah. <laughs> that. And then, after all the paperwork and that, and I kind of shook the can, I thought it was empty. And at the very bottom of the can was this box. And you can see the box. And it's he's got Maybe it a wound little in. to your left. Oh, to the left. 
Yeah, right there. You're like perfect center. Okay, cool. Yeah. So it's all it's wound up in this old string, and I was unwinding this string. <laughs> it was so cool. Like when I found this, I was so excited. Uh, I'm 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 amazed at how well preserved it is. I know. It's because of the like it's because it was vacuum sealed. So inside is is this old cotton and the box had kind of um given way like it had bent in, but inside was this. And I can see it. So this is the chain. And that's so beautiful too. Oh yeah, so there it is. That's what I've been wanting to see. Yeah. So this is actually a watch chain. It's a watch so pop, right? It's a watch chain. So he would wear it like this. I don't know if you can see, but like this, and the watch would be attached to this. Right. So yep. the 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 chain is all ivory, woolly mammoth ivory. Again, a little over to your left. There you go. Is that better? Yeah. Woolly mammoth ivory. Oh, nice. Um, gold nuggets. There's one wow. there. So there, these were all gold nuggets, woolly mammoth, ivory, and then this coin. I don't know if you can see the coin. Uh, to the left. There. there. Yeah. So um, that coin is 1849 California gold rush coin. Wow. So when I did wow. research, when I did research on this coin, I believe that he came from Norway. He doesn't have any family left. I, there's nobody I can talk to. There's nobody I can ask questions. So I just did as much research as I could through books, articles, the museum, whatever. But he came from Norway and he went to the U.S. and he became a U.S. citizen. And I actually have found also his declaration of intention to become a U.S. citizen. And this was in, I can never remember the date, sorry. This was in 1896. This is how this paperwork came to me. It looks like almost perfect. Wow. That was in the can? This was in the can, yeah. Wow. It was a, so, wow. So that's his declaration of intention to become a US citizen. So I found what I think that coin is, is I think that either his grandfather or somebody or his father was in the California gold rush and he was there and that's where he got the gold coin from. His grandfather or his father had the coin and, and he gave it to him. I believe that's, that's the story behind the chain. Um, and it was very, very important to him. This was something that he would never leave without him like without his person he always had it so when i read when i when i found this cow this can and i went into dawson city in the yukon in the klondike and they let me see the secret files that they had on um, john matson um i forgot where i was going with that what was i saying <laughs> uh, secret files uh... yeah why was i going to tell you about the secret files you found because oh, you, you were curious to why because he always had that why wasn't it with him why was it? yeah why it wasn't with him which I found out later why it wasn't with him through all of the paperwork that I'd found in the can so in the can I found that he thought somebody was trying to rob him 
he um, like with all the little pieces of paperwork that I had, I patched together the story of John Matson and what happened to him. Um, some people believe he was murdered, but so I never solved that. I still think there's more to find out. Like I really feel that I was meant to find this stuff for some reason. Like how how would I just go into the middle of nowhere and know where this can was? Like there's a reason that I found this can, and I still believe that there's more to find out to this story. Because um, when I started doing research, I found out that John Matson had actually married Klondike K. Rockwell, who was the most famous woman of the Klondike, well, one of the most famous women of the Klondike at that time, right? Um, right. She became, she was a, a dancer and a singer, and she was adored by all of the prospectors. She became very, very wealthy. Um, because of her dances she was a very risque dancer for the time so she was um the men just loved very her. pretty lady too yeah she was very pretty she was like she was bigger but back then women were bigger like beauty wasn't all about being thin back then it was you know so when we look at women back in time they were usually a bit bigger than we are now and yeah they're I not they're not your virginia slims they were, no <laughs> no voluptuous is a good word yeah, she was voluptuous. She was risque. She never ever was nude ever, but she would do this dance. Um, it was a very famous uh, dance that she did called the chiffon dance, and she would wrap herself in a hundred yards of chiffon, and the the prospectors fashioned a crown out of tin cans on her head. Oh. And they put they put fifty candles, lit candles, on this crown, and they would light them. And then she would do her dance and they would pull the chiffon off her and she would come out with this very skimpy clothing, but not naked or anything like that. Right. right. The, the men literally threw bags of gold at her, nuggets, gold dust, whatever. She made a, a fortune. She was making upwards of $750 a night, just wow. in tips. And then she was- Yeah, she was, wasn't money. she doing like 30,000 a year? Yes. Yeah, so one That's year she was- Yeah, that was her first year there too, yeah. Yeah, back in the day, that was serious, serious money. So yeah. So uh, yeah. So when I found the can and I found all this stuff, and I just I didn't know that he'd married Klondike. I didn't know that. I knew that John Matson was buried at our site, like he he has a headstone there. Um, and then when I took all this stuff into the museum and they let me look at all their files, I just started patching all this stuff together. And so my book was born basically out of that because I'd always wanted to tell my story of mining like um, I know that people were very interested in mining in gold mining right and I knew that just from talking because when you talk to people I mean sometimes I lose my voice from talking so much because people are so interested <laughs> about it and so I always knew I wanted to do that I was wanting to videotape our mining claims long before gold rush came along that was something that I wanted to do and I wish I'd done it. I would have beat all those other guys out of there, but uh, I didn't, I didn't have the know-how, I guess, to find somebody to come and do it. And um, yeah, so <laughs> it, that's so, how my book was born. So about your book, your book, what I was reading about it, you describe it as <clears throat> your life following the same path as hers. Yes. Uh, as you were growing up, because she, she was, uh, when I was saying she was, her mom got divorced. Yes. She was young, and basically when she was in her teens, she did the same thing. <clears throat> I gotta go. 
Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But mom, she was. Mom, mom wasn't the best mom. No, well, she was. She was. She. I mean, she wasn't the worst mom. Put it that right. way. Well, she. Um, her mom was uh, had high expectations for herself and wanted to be well off. So she was. Right. She looked for a couple of men that were would help her get there, and she divorced. So she divorced um, Kate's dad, and then she divorced the second husband that she was with. And then her and Kate um, boarded a, a cruise ship, not a cruise ship, but a ship back in the day. And they went sailing around the world. And uh, her mom dropped her off in uh, Chile at a at a convent because she was being too promiscuous on board. <laughs> so her mom dropped her off there. And then she went off on her own little jaunt around the world with, with a man that she had met. And then she went back to the U.S. and left Kate in the convent in Chile and then in the nuns had telegraphed her mother to tell her that um, Kate was now engaged to some Spanish I don't know some Spanish guy and so they they shipped her back to the U.S. back to her mom and when she got back there she found out that her mom was basically broke and needed Kate to go back to work she needed Kate to work for her to keep her in in money so right. her so Kate didn't really care for her mom too much but he, but she loved her but you know she didn't care right. for her because she wanted her she was using Kate's beauty and charm to to help her fund her own life right so and Kate yeah. decided that she didn't want to um, just work at a factory or whatever and she she heard about um, there was a newspaper clipping for chorus girls that they were looking for chorus girls no experience necessary <coughs> and so she thought she'd apply and uh, lo and behold she had a natural talent and um, then she heard about the Klondike, the gold rush, and she headed up that way, and that's where she became famous. Instantly, she would she became a celebrity. So, yeah, there's a there's not a whole lot about her on on the internet. I'm sure if I did more digging, there'd be more. But I did find some stuff about her, and it was pretty really interesting. Um, like I was telling you earlier, she towards her later part of her year, she was on the Groucho Marx show. Mm -hmm. uh, in 54 uh, and then we were talking earlier about I imagine those two weren't the only Klondike Kates in the, in, no. in the Klondike I'm sure a lot of women who were um, doing well being one of the guys yeah. or being well, the girl would have been called Klondike Kate wherever they were at. So I'm sure there's a bunch of them. Well, uh, there's today two... they got wrestlers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the one the one that has a real issue with her being with Kate being called called Klondike Kate or Kate Rockwell, she mm -hmm. was a uh, actually a Mountie from Canada. So right. she was a, a police officer from Canada. I didn't know about the wrestler um, from my research, but it's. I didn't know that, but I knew about about the Canadian Mountie, and so yeah, it was the it was the prospectors prospectors who who named her Klondike Kate, and um, I don't think that the Mountie was named from the prospectors. I think it was that was just was, her name. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what they the Mounties called her. Right. Yeah. You, know, you know, but supposedly she was a she was a top cop. Uh, yeah. Especially for a woman, she was a. She was uh, uh, honored as a, the best mounted police, a woman mounted police one time. And 
God, I really, I don't know. I, you know, I just, when you start researching, you, you run into these other, yeah. things, you know, and it's you go, well, let me hole. check out this. So was there, is there a real rivalry? Probably not. Maybe. I think there was actually. Was there? Yeah. I think yeah. there was back then, but um, I mean, uh -huh. not anymore. I don't know if that Klondike Kate is, has any family around still or anything like Klondike Kate Rockwell. Right. My Klondike Kate, she right. didn't, I, I tried to find family. I tried to find that, that there was nobody. Um, now she was rumored to have a child. Okay. So, so when Klondike Kate went to the Yukon, she fell in love for, with a um, bartender, the lowly bartender. And his name was Alexander Pantages. Now, Klondike Kate already had, or Kate Rockwell already had made a fortune for herself. Right. Um, and she fell in love with this guy. He was just a bartender. He decided he wanted to open up another um, dance hall. And so she funded it. And she began to fund um, most of his dance halls that he started to open. And he opened many of them. He became very, very wealthy. And um, she, uh, there's a rumor that Klondike Kate became pregnant, but this is a very, very one-liner thing that I found in a newspaper article. So we don't know for sure how true it is, but it was written out there before and that's where I took it from, that she mm. became pregnant and she gave the child away. She went back to Oregon and she gave the child to somebody. So that would be her only, only sibling, like only um, family yeah. at all, yeah. Right. But I haven't been able to find anything about that, so. Because I really tried really hard when I found all of this stuff to to give some paperwork to some family. I gave paperwork to the museum in, in Dawson City. I wanted them to have some of the paperwork. There was many things that were duplicates that I had. Like he saved every every um, form that he had for his uh, plaster mining lease. So uh -huh. I have them I have them right from when he his very first plaster lease um, form that he had to fill out. I, I have that. I have quite a few of them, so I gave them to the museum and I gave them quite a few things. Um, cool. Yeah, so I would have loved to have found some family, even if it was granddaughters, great granddaughters, whatever, right. to give them something to, um, right. and John Matson had nobody. He had his sister and there's some letters that were written in Norwegian that I've never been able to decipher. I need to take them to somebody to see what they say. So there's letters to his sisters. Um, bank books, bank articles, all kinds of like just weird stuff that he kept. And like oh. I said, he was he thought that somebody was trying to steal all his gold. Right. He'd only gone into Dawson City a couple of times, so he was very very remote. And he used to get the um, the indigenous people to bring him his supplies. They would bring them by dog sled. And then once or twice he went into town and that's how we first met Fonda Kate Rockwell as he was seeing her dance. And she actually talked to him. I found this out through my research that she actually talked to him, but he couldn't speak any English. So she didn't really get to know him, but she always remembered him. She remembered him by the way he looked and everything. Um, so one time when he'd gone into town and he came back, he found some of the stuff was missing. So he started, that's why he hid it. So in this can, and through the paperwork that was in this can, I found out that there was 52 of these coffee cans that he brought in with him. So I still think there's 51 cans. Uh -oh. where I was mining and I think they're full of gold. 
So wow. this is this is my thing is to get back to that area. And because like I said before, I believe there's a reason that I found this stuff and I don't think the story's over yet. <laughs> so, so was there a um, go ahead. I'll wait. I'm just I'm just saying one day I will get back out there yeah. and because he had a, a list of everything that he would bring with him into camp. So mm -hmm. in total for the time that he was out there, he had 52 of these coffee cans and we've never found another one, just this one. So hmm. I believe that he buried his gold because when he died, Clonda Kate Rockwell wanted to know where all his gold was because he would send her money all the time. She never lived in camp with him. She went back to Oregon and lived right. there and he would just send her um, like money via telegram or however they did it back then. But um, and then when all of a sudden that, that gold stopped coming, the money stopped coming, and she sent the Mounties out into camp to try to find out what happened to him. And they found him headless in his cabin. So his body was in the cabin and his head was not. They found his head in a totally, totally another area of uh, where we were mining. But wow. she thinks that he was murdered by his best, so-called best friend that would come out and visit him. She thinks he was murdered. Mm. So that's what she said in the... Uh, paperwork that I had discovered so so was there a lot of uh, information about her in, in that can very little all there was Where? was a couple of telegrams from him to uh -huh. or from her to him uh there's one telegram from her to him when um they were having problems getting money back and forth to her and then okay. one telegram to the Mounties in Dawson City um wanting to know uh where he was because he had failed to send her money so she sent she basically sent the rcmp out there and they had to go with dog sleds it was in the middle of winter um it wasn't a pleasant trip it's a long long trip to get in there so it was right it, it's not like they he was mining close to town like for me when i drove into town in a in a pickup truck it took me a good six hours um to fly it was about an hour into camp to fly so for him to go out to walk out it would take him days and he had little cabins along the way i i think to stay as he went but so uh, let me get this right you were interested in klondike cake before you found that can or is that something that yeah yeah you were interested in her yeah before and then Finding that can just made you uh, know that this is what you got to be doing. I mean, yeah, and I could never get it out of my. That, I mean, were you actually did? If I'm phrasing this right, <laughs> were you were you going out there with the intentions of finding uh, stuff about him and her? No, I didn't no. know anything about any of it. I, I when I first got to the Yukon, when I first started mining, I mm -hmm. um I knew I had to take some reading materials with me into camp because I had what else was I going to do for six months right. of the year other than work? Like we didn't have TV or anything, so I started buying books and I started reading stories. Like there's quite a few books out there on the gold right? And right. So I started learning about the women of the Klondike, and she always piqued my interest because she was she was a daredevil like me. She was adventurous. She Right. Didn't like um, authority like me. I hated authority. <laughs> I still do. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I just thought she was a super cool chick. And, you know, I thought I was a super cool chick. And so, <laughs> so I had always an interest in her. So our very first mine, I didn't, 
I wasn't looking for anything about Klondike Kate. I was just reading stories about her. But when we moved to our second mining claim, I'd heard stories about John Matson, who was the guy who originally staked our claims that we were mining on. And when mm -hmm. I found the can, that was the one oh. and only time that I knew that John Matson had married Klondike Kate. <laughs> I didn't so that, know that prior. Yeah, so that's the that's the, the the claim that he was working when they were yes. when they were married, right? Oh. Yes. Yes. There so and um, he's actually buried there. So his headstone is there. And I uh, used to go and I used to go and visit his headstone. I used to sit there and talk to him. And when I was going through some really rough times in my marriage, because we were uh -huh. I was married while I was there, um, I would go and sit down there and talk to him. And I swear to I swear that I felt his presence there more than once. I felt him sit on the edge of my bed. And I know people might think I'm crazy, but I mean, there was the connection between me and him and me and Klondike Kate. And when I found out that he'd married her and when I did all the research and I realized that her and I lived parallel lives, we both ended up in the gold mining industry. She wasn't a gold miner, but she was a gold miner in her own way. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, oh, yeah. yeah. A, there was a good story about her gold mining. Maybe I, you know it, I'm sure. About, about her bracelet her... and her belt. I don't know that. About story. her bracelet and her belt. I don't know it. <clears throat> well, you want to continue with, and then I'll, I'll tell the story okay. here a little bit. Okay. Go ahead. So, um, so yeah, so I didn't know anything about her. I, I you have to forgive me because my mind goes a lot. I have what's called fibromyalgia and I have a really bad brain fog. So a lot of times I can't remember what the hell I was talking about. It. <laughs> But uh, well, that's so, okay. So, I don't have fibromyalgia, and I have that same problem. Same here. <laughs> we we call it CRS, too. you know. Yeah, we call it CRS. <laughs> it could be all yeah. the things I did when I was younger too. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I played with my brain. So yeah. Um. So I didn't. I didn't know anything about it. What was your question to me? Now I've totally forgot again. I forgot. <laughs> uh, so we're not any good. Oh no! I asked you. Yeah, go ahead and go ahead and ask that question. GoPro Unlimited has a question. He was okay. asking, uh, Brandy, is there any connection to Porter Rockwell? Porter Rockwell? Not that I know of. I can't say 100%, but not through any research that I've done. Okay, and David V. Uh, said of the shipping Matsons. Uh, I no. guess they were shipping moguls. No, because this Matson was from Norway. He was okay. Norwegian. He was from Norway, so I don't believe that. And and I didn't find any um, any relatives of his at all. Okay. Uh, but the the bartender that she married, the guy that started oh, yes. up. Uh, Yes. started up the the theaters he became very successful from what i understand very successful he was i forget how many millions he was worth and back then that right. was a lot of money but he right. had millions like 15 million or something like that he he created um dance halls like one after another and he right. basically financed them through her and then yeah. she so she she financed them <laughs> Yes, she, sorry, she financed them. And then he he had he had promised to marry her. So back in the right. day, if you promised to marry somebody, that was a real thing. Like, 
Um, nowadays, that doesn't mean anything. But to her in court, that actually meant something because he had promised to marry her. So while she was funding all of his um, business adventures, she stayed back in the Klondike and continued to work so that she could keep funding him and, right. uh, under the pretense that he was going to marry her. And so when she finally left the Klondike and went back to um, where he was in the States, um, he told her he still didn't have enough money that she had to, to continue working. So she went to Seattle. I think she went back to Seattle and did some more um, dance halls there. And that's when a friend of hers came up to her and said, have you read this newspaper clipping? And there in the newspaper clipping, he'd married a 17 year old girl that worked for him. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so she, she tried to take him to court. Um, it didn't really pan out well for her because back in, in those days, women were, it was very hard for a woman, especially who wasn't married to, to collect anything that she'd used to help, you know. Oh, that's a up, shame. There, there, was, there were no laws to protect a woman no. then. Poor no. sugar mama got taken. Yeah. Right. So she lost everything. He married somebody right. else. And then not too long after that, he was um, charged with raping a girl. And they asked Kate Rockwell to go to court um, against him to, she never, she never had to, but she was asked to go. She went to the, to the trial. She actually talked to Alex there and she said she started crying when she seen him because she felt so bad for him seeing how low he had become, how, how lowly he looked, how uh, distraught and everything and she never it's not that she did wanted him to be back with him but she just felt because she was a good person as I am a good person and I felt she felt bad for him and he did go to jail but he was only there for a year or two and then he died five years later of a heart attack after he got out of jail so I was I was gonna see you don't remember reading about the the bracelet and the belt I don't so as a, as a as a she really wasn't a come on girl, but part of her job in the in those places was to get the people the guys to buy booze. Yes, by so she, she got twenty five cents. She, right, yes. she would walk around trying to yep. get these guys to buy booze. Well, while she was doing that, she wore a bracelet that had twenty dollar gold pieces in them. Mm -hmm. Right. There was always one missing on her bracelet. There was mm -hmm. always one missing, and she'd go up and talk to the guys and get them to buy oh, drinks. And, and then, oh look, your your twenty dollar gold piece must have fell out. Well, here's one for you. Yeah. <laughs> she would do the same thing with her belt. She had a belt the same way. Oh, I never heard this. It, it a, and on one side she had a spot where twenty. <laughs> Our gold piece would fit. She had one on each side that was empty, and she would leave them that way. And the guys would put coins in her. So that's how she she may have been a really nice woman and all, but <laughs> you had to hustle, right? Yes, she definitely did. Right, and that's how she got her thirty some thousand dollars a year by doing that. I mean, that's yeah. that that was that was the game back then, especially yeah. for young women who I mean. If you're not if you're not married raising a hundred kids, then you're in the dance halls or you're you're doing menial work, 
right? Yeah, exactly. Because so many of many women in the Klondike Gold Rush became wealthy, but a lot of them were right. um, by by doing laundry, by cooking, or right. prostitution. She was never a pro she claims to the day that she died that she never prostituted herself. And that, yeah, that's what I heard too. That yeah, she didn't. She didn't have, well, and the reason was because she was pretty enough. She didn't have to. Yeah. Well, and she you know? she had she choreographed her own um, dances, and she she did she just created these dances that were mesmerizing. And the the chiffon one was the one that really got the guys, and uh, they would literally just throw bags and nuggets at her. So they would let right. her pick and, out. And I, and I guess this is, this is the rule was if it landed on the stage, it was hers. Exactly, and she would just collect them all. And then she, yes, she also get, she got paid afterwards to mingle with the patrons and to right. um, get them to buy a drink. So every drink that right. they drank, she would get 25, 25 cents. Okay. So that's how she, or no, it was also dancing too. So if she, right, she would dance dancing. with them, she would get paid even more for that, I think. And the drink. And so. don't forget the $20 gold pieces. Yeah. And, and <laughs> the guys, when they would give, they would show her a handful of nuggets and she was allowed to pick one out, but she always weighed, like felt, for the heaviest one. She always picked up the heaviest yeah, Right. One. Get the heaviest one. <laughs> well, who wouldn't, right? <laughs> right. I'd go, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But it was really interesting just reading what I I read about her, a little bit of little bit of research that I did. And then uh, and then during that, like I told you before, she was she was on the Grosso Mark show for yeah. one of uh, your uh, uh what's uh, What's the name of it? Uh, you bet your life. Oh yeah. Uh, it was kind of cool to watch her. A little sad because it was towards the end of her life. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that she always had. You know, when you get that little little bit of celebrity and a uh, little bit of fame, you, you're always craving that, right? And I think that that. Yeah. Always, right. Oh yeah. Right. You know. Oh yeah. She always craved yeah. that, and and she had money, and I mean, going from when you have money into going to nothing, that happened to me also. So that's. These are all of the right. things that Kate and I had in common. We were adventurous. We were didn't like authoritarianism. We didn't like, um, you know, we just wanted to be out there doing our own thing and making our own way. And um, when she was, when she, here's my brain gone. <laughs> I can't even remember what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the rest of us. <laughs> so let's, let's get you onto your book here. Okay. Your book, from what I, from the little bit that I've I read about it, 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 you say it's, it's your, it's a story about your mining adventures and yeah. how it runs parallel with Klondike Kate. So is it more more about your adventures, mining, or about her? It's more Red about my. Period. It's more about my adventures of mining. I know that people who have read it have um, yeah. wished that there was more about my stories. So I, I thought it was most, probably three quarters is about me. There's three or four chapters of Klondike, Kate and John. So um, it's mostly about my stuff and my marriage and um, what happened and how I lost everything. Like Kate lost everything, I lost everything. She lost everything to Alex. Pantages, I lost everything to my husband. Now, I'm sure that somebody's going to dispute that, but <laughs> that's uh, yeah, what it's happened. Not, it's not a new story. <laughs> yeah. Well, usually it's the other way around, right? So people will say, oh, how could you lose everything to your husband? Uh, but I did. And usually it's the other way around. 
So I did, and I ended up basically, I had nothing. I had nowhere to live. I had um, I had to sell every piece of my jewelry. I don't have one gold nugget. I had so many gold nuggets. I had necklaces and watches and rings and everything you can imagine. And I had to sell it all. I lost my home. I had a business that I, a restaurant that I was running. I lost that. I lost my dog who died. And then um, on top of that, I was um, reassessed by Revenue Canada. And I owed them $2.4 million. And I eventually Holy. had to go bankrupt and uh, start from nothing. <laughs> wow. But I always had I always had this book that I had to write. And I couldn't sleep at night. I could not stop thinking that I needed to get this out there, whether people bought it or not. I just had to write it and get it out there. And I believe that it would be a much better um, Netflix series or mini documentary, something like that, because it's you can't really describe the stuff that you have to go to go through when you're mining all of those things right. that, it's, you know yeah it's just difficult to actually envision it i think to see it on a screen would just make it so much better right yeah that would go well they did do a movie once yeah they, and they it, it wasn't the greatest movie i guess well, it, it, <laughs> It, it was what in the back in the thirties, and it was produced by a Hammer. Yeah, or in the forties, yeah. I think. No, wait, when was it? I don't remember now. You're talking. You're was, talking the one about Klondike Cave, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't the greatest movie, and she was there. She was actually helped, like she gave her input. I do believe into that movie. So. Right. Yeah, I read that. That she mm -hmm. she gave her input, mm -hmm. and she actually picked the the the, the actress. Yeah. Yeah, so it wasn't a real well-known movie. I haven't watched it. Um, there is a song out there too about called Klondike Kate. You should Google it. It's kind of hard to find, but it's a very, very cute little little ditty. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to use it in my uh, in my um, Facebook page, but you can't now because you can't use. You know, you have to pay right. to be able to use music now. But it's a very cute little song about her. So, so my so book, yeah. My yeah, these guys are these guys in the chat room are going. You know what? I should take a book to read with me when I go out prospecting, sit around. Yeah, should read. Any the good chain. suggestions? The chain. <laughs> oh, the chain. The chain. Ah. Yes. So that's the it name of my book. Is the chain. And the chain. The reason, obviously, I named it the chain is because of the chain that the watch chain that I found. Right. And you know, I didn't even talk about that this is actually a watch chain. I just called it the chain. I don't think I even ever mentioned in the book that it was a watch chain, which uh, is I, yeah, kind of important. <laughs> Why is that? I don't know. I just, I just, just, I didn't even think about it. I might have mentioned <laughs> it somewhere in the book, but because I wear it as a necklace all the time, it fits oh, perfectly. Do you? Yes. It, it fits me perfectly as a necklace and I have it with me all the time. So. Awesome. Yeah. What a cool thing to find. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, especially, especially knowing the, 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 the history and background of, of the articles that you have, you know, mm -hmm. that's, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to let that go at all. No. And I have many like, <clears throat> and so this was the, this was the actual newspaper clipping. That's how I first found out that they were married. So, ah. Yeah, so I found a few of these. So that was her when she was older, right? So. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, she. And in this. Yeah, picture, she started her career out when she was just barely eighteen, right? Yeah, yeah. I think 18. she got to. 
when she met Alexander Pantages, so when she first started doing this flame dance, she was 24. Nah. And this is, you can't, I don't think you can see it, but that's John Matson there. And if you can see really closely, he's holding the watch chain in his pocket. Really? I, I don't know if you can see it. It's hard to see from Yeah. Oh. But I, I took a magnifying glass to it and um, he's holding it's, the watch chain. It's there, huh? That's yeah, cool. so for so for me to find that is just the, like when I when I read that Klondike Kate was looking for the watch chain because she knew that he would never leave it behind. I just gasped because here I had this watch chain that she had been looking that's, for for seven years. Oh, right. <clears throat> wow, that's that's got to be cool. <laughs> yeah, and, and you think there's still fifty one more cans out there? Huh? <laughs> I th I think so. We ripped apart part of that rock outcropping, but um. I used to have dreams about it. This is going to sound strange to you guys, but when I was there, I had dreams about a rock outcropping like that, but there was a rabbit there and the rabbit kept pointing to this one place that was uh, like a refrigerator. So it was somewhere cold, somewhere that it would have been kept cold, I believe is where it is. So hmm. <laughs> I don't want to give away too much information. Have you, have you dug under the campfires? Pardon me? Have you dug under the campfires? campfires yeah underneath the campfire no uh, they used to bury their gold and stuff there underneath the campfire yeah but how would i know where the campfire was well you'd have to look for the signs yeah yeah <laughs> it's a pretty it's a pretty big area right so right well you know figure out where they were where they would camp it uh mm -hmm. you know that's just find those campsites and I mean, that's what's what they've done in the past. People finding gold, uh, camping there. They don't want to hide it. They don't want to keep it out, so they want to hide it. Where are you going to hide it? Everybody's going to look everywhere except underneath the campfire. So they yeah. started burying it there for a while. Yeah, I, I guess. But that's I mean, why I, I found the rock outcropping because it was the same thing. But as soon as I seen right. that rock outcropping, I thought that's where I would put something if I wanted to hide it because you would always be able to you find able that. To Nobody it, else. Right? Yeah. And I don't think, right. and and we also found um, uh, a like some trapping things that he had going on. He also trapped furs, so there was uh, like a a drying rack up there and some other things. And we ended up taking an excavator up there and kind of ripping the whole place apart. But it was uh, we didn't find anything. Yeah, rock rock butcher says they a ring of stone a ring of stones might give it away. A ring of stones. Oh yeah. Yeah, for a fire. Or campfire. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would yeah. work. <laughs> hey, I found one like that out yeah. in the desert, in Nevada, just walking around, and I, I saw a bunch of stones, you know, in a circle. And as I looked at it closer and closer, I also found the seats, the rocks that they were sitting on, oh, gathered really? around the circle and the, the fire ring. So There's yeah, those are. There's a lot of rocks out there because they would pile their rocks, you know, when they were sluicing right, small, right. smaller scale sluicing. So there'd be lots of rocks, but you would you would find rock pilings here, there, and everywhere. So it's a big area, and and because the the creeks in the Klondike are like snakes, right? So there you would find things over here and things over here. So there's never you just kind of stumble across things, which was really interesting yeah. there's some a lot of interest i don't know do you guys know anything about the yukon have you ever been never been no no would like to one no. day 
yeah. The, the 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 most I know about the Yukon is they had a gold rush up there. Lots of people died trying to cross over the mountains. Yeah. They say uh, there was a hundred thousand people migrated there or tried to, and only thirty to thirty-five thousand actually arrived in Dawson City. And and when they arrived there, there was already so much scurvy and things like that because there was no like you could sell an apple for. I, I was hearing stories you could, they were selling apples for like a hundred dollars, which was a fortune back then. But so there were so many people already dying of scurvy when others were arriving, and they would just they wouldn't even let them off the boats. They just turn them around and send them back again. It was supposed to have been hideous, hideous like conditions on the boats too, like because they had they brought animals with them, and the animals were up above, and you're sleeping below, and the shit and everything else is coming down onto the people sleeping down there, and no food, and yeah, it was pretty bad. And yeah, and and she would she would do things like what she wasn't supposed to do. She would. She she went through one pass where they were supposed to be allowing women through. Yeah, women river. weren't. They it's called uh, Miles Canyon. Yeah, and, that's the one. Uh, yeah, they weren't. Women were not allowed, and so she bought some or got some clothes from some smaller man, and she wore his. She bound her chest. She wore a cap, and because she had long reddish colored hair, so she put all her hair up under the cap, and. The boat had already taken off the boat that she was supposed to get on, so she just jumped and tried to tried to jump on, but she couldn't swim, and she <laughs> ended up in the water and just grabbed onto a uh, rope that they still had dangling, and the guys drug her up, and the uh, Mounties seen her and realized that she was a woman, and they were yelling at her to come back, but of course she was like, yeah, see you later. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll listen. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, she was quite the daredevil, and she wasn't scared. Yeah, she loved, daredevil she, loved and... um, she loved being on ships and boats and stuff like that. Whereas me, I'm the total opposite of that. But <laughs> let's see. So you're you're are you uh, do you still have uh, claims and mines at all? I don't. You don't. I don't. So um, oh right. I'm okay. Actually... You said you were. You were planning on getting back to it, but starting from the bottom up. Starting from, like I said, right now I'm just going out across, like with gold pan. I'm just uh, right. going back to the total basics. And, uh, you know, I have no idea in my life. I just focus on what I want my life to be like. And, and it's turned out like that every time. So mm -hmm. I wanted my divorce to happen. It happened in a really bad way, but it wasn't a good marriage. And I I focused on, I wanted it to end and it ended. It ended in a bad way. I focused on how I wanted my life to be since then. And it's turned out exactly what, how I wanted it to be. And now I'm focusing on somehow getting back to the Yukon and mining again in some way, shape or form. So I'm, I'm actually headed back up there in a couple months with a friend of mine. Oh. And um, I am actually flying back into the first mining site that we ever mined on. And there's somebody else there who's mining there now. He's actually from Australia. And um, I'm going out there to uh, see their operation now and just, you know, see see how things go. See, you know, whatever. I don't know how it's going to happen. One day at a time, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not like I have any claims or anything that I can lay claim mm. to. So I would be starting out. Um, my husband now is not, he loves all that stuff, but he's not 
able to do anything like that. So it, we wouldn't be going up there together or anything like that. I did go back to work up there for a while for somebody else who's still mining. It was very different being an employee over somebody who owns. So I didn't last right. too long at that. You know, <laughs> it's a little bit different. Right. But uh, yeah, I, I've always I've always loved gold mining, and I'll probably always will. So. So, are you are you planning on doing any more books? Is this something that that is this the direction your life is heading towards? Is being a writer? Um, I guess it is because I've started the second book. Ah. So yeah, so my second book, um, starts where my first book left off. For me to save myself after my really, really bad divorce, it was it was nasty. Like it, it went on for eight years before we were finally divorced. Um, wow. Like I said, I lost everything. I did manage to gather enough money and I bought myself a Harley Davidson motorcycle. I've never ridden a motorcycle in my life. I <laughs> actually never even liked people that rode motorcycles. I happened to meet a guy um, and he was going through a divorce and he bought this motorcycle for his wife. It was a 1997 Sportster, blue Sportster, and she'd never ridden it. It only had 17 kilometers on it, like from the dealer to his house. And wow. um, I bought uh -oh. back there and drove it home. And then I went and got my license. Um, I didn't even know how to start it. So I took a course and got my license. And then I proceeded to ride that motorcycle for 22,000 kilometers across Canada and parts of Washington state all by awesome. myself. And I was going to ask you by yourself. <laughs> all by myself in some dangerous places. Um, there's this one um, area here where I live. Well, a couple hours from where I live, it's called the highway of tears. It's where many indigenous women and white women have gone missing and murdered and they've never found them. Um, well, they presumed murdered. And, and that's that's, that's something that. that's going on. That's something that's going on right now too, isn't it? Yeah, it's a continued thing um, here. Yeah. So I went on that road, not even thinking about it. <laughs> Didn't tell anybody where I was going. Ran out of gas. Had no cell phone. And I was in the worst monsoon that you could ever think. I literally had to keep. I was riding and trying to get the water out of my goggles while I was riding. I didn't even. I was, I'm just that kind of person. I just do things. <laughs> and uh, so this book starts from there and my adventures with uh, my motorcycle which became my therapist and saved me literally saved me um i tried going to therapy and it didn't work for me the motorcycle just saved my i just cranked my music i know you're not supposed to do that but i just cranked and i rode and i was crazy and i would pass people and i just i loved it i loved everything about it and then i upgraded to a fat boy low 2013 fat boy low which i still have and uh yeah and that's how i met my husband who i'm with now because uh through it through uh instead of an ad we met through online dating and the only reason he talked to me is because i had a motorcycle so. <laughs> he's what do you say send me a picture of your bike <laughs> yeah no yeah that was a whole nother story in itself but that'll be in my <laughs> second book so so yeah my my life has always been kind of like i've had a lot of adventures and maybe who knows? And uh, now we have a farm, which is a totally new experience to us. And we know nothing about, we knew nothing about animals. And I started rescuing, I, I rescued my first animal. Now we have many rescued animals. And Cute that's a whole goat thing in itself. You got though, Brandy. Yeah, we have, we have a couple of mini goats, mini horses, mini donkeys, chickens, 
I'm looking for a miniature Highland cow, if anybody knows one that needs a home. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, and that, so I'm thinking that I've also would like to write children's books about farm animals. So I actually have one started called Chicken 911. <laughs> <laughs> Where the chickens are the uh, nine one one operators. <laughs> Go for it. Well, yeah, because the way there's so many farms around where I am, and so there's always something. If you like, okay, gold mining is a lot like farming, right? The same kind of people. So I went from gold mining to farming, and it's kind of the same thing. There's always shit happening. There's always like, you know, this animal's sick, or that one got bit by a rattlesnake, or so there's the, the chickens are always taking the nine one one call. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Uh, so you mentioned earlier a lot of things, but that yeah. you, uh, but that you wanted to give a book away tonight. Yes, one or two. One or two, she said. Mm -hmm. I want one. You got one coming. I do. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Is that Ruby? Yeah, you do. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, you got one coming. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I put it out there, so make sure to type chain if you're interested in Brandy's book, and <coughs> you'll be eligible into the drawing whenever she tells me to. I could pick somebody. Yeah, we'll pick a couple people. All right, okay. so you uh, oh, I'll do you one right now. Okay, Not ball and chain, Bill. Just <laughs> ball chain. and chain, she's the ball and chain. Jesus, <laughs> that, that was before the book, right? Yeah, that was before the book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Digging with Deej, Deej. she right, loves Deej. history too. Oh, good. Yeah, and, and my book is a, basically a memoir with a reimagined biography about Klondike Kate because like like you mentioned before, there's not a lot on her. So what I could gather. Uh, was, was, yeah. Yeah. So what I could it gather was, was what find. I could gather and the rest was kind of my imagination and how I would think she would do things or whatever, just from my experiences in, in the Klondike. And the, yeah, so you know, yeah. Like I said, there's a, you, you type in uh, Klondike Kate on uh, in YouTube, and uh, you'll see a couple uh, documentaries mm -hmm. about her uh, story about the other Klondike Kate, the the wrestling Klondike Kate. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look that one up, and you and, should look and up the, the song. Uh, the winner of the of 2023 Klondike Kate Wisconsin contest. <laughs> uh. it's, it's funny because the small town that I was started out in Lillooet, um, we had to wear can-can dresses. I was a waitress yeah. back then. Yeah, because it was a gold rush kind of town, right? So we had to wear it. Right. So I kind of started out in a gold rush town a little bit, but uh, to end up end up in the Yukon was not in my in my dreams, I guess, in the beginning. But right. it that's, is now. Yeah. So, and if you go uh, to the Klondike, if you go to Dawson City ever, you have to go and do uh, the sour toe drink. Uh, Have you heard of that? I've oh. heard of that. I don't know. <laughs> if... What is that? So it's a pickled toe. It's a sour toe that they have donated. So they have more than one. They have backups. So it's a, a toe that um, 
has been preserved. Somebody lost their toe and they put it in a drink. I, I think it's a drink of your choice or maybe not. I'm not sure. I haven't done it, but I'm doing it this summer. And yeah. you take this little uh, cup and you have to drink it. I think it's whiskey or something maybe. And the toe has to touch your lips to be able, then you get a certificate that you did a sourdough. Do we know who the toe belongs to? No. No. <laughs> They're all donated. How do you donate a toe? Well, they do somehow. But I guess they if they have to amputate. Here, hold my whiskey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, wow! You got to be in some kind of state of mind to be going. Yeah, I think I'm going to donate yeah. my big toe this week, <laughs> so somebody can take a drink with it in it. Yeah. <laughs> The worst part is that the, the toe has been swallowed many times. That's why they have to have backups. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> now for sure I'm not doing it. No. no yeah, because, no. you know, most people are a little tipsy when they're doing it because they have to be tipsy. I would have, have to be a lot. I, I haven't I'd been be, that tipsy I'd in be, about I'd 30 so years. I'd be on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Could so you imagine? No. No, I mean I've eaten I've, I've eaten a worm out of out of uh, uh, tequila scalp. Yeah, it was yeah. Just, that's just a little worm. That, yeah, I'm that's the best a part. <laughs> a toe. Oh yeah, and they're well, they're a little bit. They're pretty shriveled up, and they're black. They're very black. But they're still a toe. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going up there in August because when I was there, when I was in Yukon, I never had a chance to. Do any of these things i was too busy working all the time so right. we we just worked and never really went into town much um so i'm going back there this summer i'm going to do the sour toes up. <laughs> i'll send you a photo you don't know do a video that yeah video. do in. a video the <laughs> thing about the hot sticky sweaty the food it's been in and the poop oh, it's yeah. stepped in <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> she's not gonna do it do a video. You got to do a video. Oh, if you I don't will. do a video, if you don't do a video, it never happened. Yeah, I'm going to be doing a few videos because if I'm flying back into our original camp, like we built a big log house there where we we actually um, cut down the trees and, and peeled them and logged like and built the house ourselves. So it's still standing. And I wonder, cool. uh, yeah, there's people mining there now. And um, so oh, wow. I'm going to go back cool. and check it out. Awesome. You ready to go build a log cabin? Sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard work. As ready as I am. Huh? Have you ever peeled a log by hand? It's hard work. No. Yeah, it's a big metal like thing that you have to pull on the bark. Right. Yeah, mm. and it's we peeled every log that we built, wow. and it was a lot. It was a big house. It's like two thousand square feet. Nice. That's big house. Yeah, in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the bush, still standing. But uh, normally in Canada, if you go on state claims or you lease claims or whatever, um, whatever structures you build have to be taken down when you leave, unless somebody else is going to be mining there. So that's the reason that house still stood. Because it's kind of a shame. Yeah, because they don't want cars. Yeah, somebody oh, constantly Someone's always mining there? Um, well, since we left that site, yeah, that was our first site, um, as far as I know, because the house is still there. So um, they don't want squatters in Canada. They don't want houses right. in the middle of nowhere where people can just squat and live. 
They got to know where you no, are. Just send them all to the states. <laughs> we have got to be able to tax states. you. <laughs> so, are are you? Uh, is your is your book going to be how you make a living now, or your books? No. Do you plan on, do you plan on doing something else again? Um, I can't imagine you'd want to stop doing anything. The the animals, like basically, I'm retired. Um, okay. But the animals. I was, this... was going to ask you that, but I didn't want to ask you that. She's <laughs> probably retired so, by now. I didn't want to ask, but okay, so, you're retired. So, That's cool. Yeah, I'm retired. I retired pretty much at 55. Hmm. So. Nice. Wish yeah. I could have did that. <laughs> but you know, I'm like you guys. I I love social media stuff, and I'm you know doing a lot with. Well, I haven't been doing a lot with my um, Gold Nugget Woman Facebook page, which is if you go to Facebook, it's Gold Nugget Woman at Facebook. So, um, I was doing a lot of stories, and that kind of really kept my fire going for my book. I haven't been doing too much lately, but I'm really wanting to pick that up again. And I'm picking it up when I head back to the Yukon this summer. So I'll be doing, you know, videos and things of, I'm going to a couple mines of people that I know. So I'm going out there and just do some videos and posting stuff and stories and, and picking that up again. I really like social media stuff and, you know, getting, getting into that. I don't know, you know, not to make a living, but just, my animals right now take up a lot of my time and I think that we'll be getting more and more rescue animals, which will take up a lot of our time and we're getting into farming. So we started with garlic, um, we're doing corn, um, growing lavender, uh, we grow our own hay. So, I mean, there's a lot of work around here. There's no way that we, he doesn't, he's retired too. So the two of us, we just work on this farm all the time. I couldn't imagine having to go to work and running a farm at the same time. There's no way. Yeah, that's that's, it, that's a lot already work. work. That's yeah. already work. Yeah, and we just live on to survive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we, you know, you got to pay the bills for all the feed and all that kind of stuff. And we might right. start like um, farming tours, stuff like that. You know, there's a lot of interest in that. A lot of people like to see how farms run, just like. Just like gold mining, people want to see about uh, how you homesteading do this and mini farm channels do really well. Yeah, I know a lot of. I've had a few of my reels and stuff go sort of semi-viral just on some of the little posts that I do with my with my animals. So people love looking at animals and things yeah. like that. So. It always amazes me that you can put a camera in a chicken coop and <laughs> run it twenty four seven, and there will be people watching. Oh, yeah. giving you money to watch more just blows yeah. me away there's a and lot all they're doing is watching chickens <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the coop what goes on in the coop stays in the coop let me tell you <laughs> <laughs> there's like the whole yeah. hierarchy thing there's the you know when you bring in new birds into a coop you have to separate them because that's hen pecking they that's where they came up with the same because hens will peck the other ones to death. There, there is it. a pecking order. There's a definite pecking order and it's very interesting. And I, I think I love the chickens most out of all the animals we have because they're so interesting. You can just watch them all day. Uh, you know, I've, I've heard that from a lot of people. Not a lot, yeah. But I've heard that from people that have chickens. First of all, chickens have personalities. They totally Who do. Thought, yeah. You know? Huh. And, and they can recognize are... up to 10 people, up to 10 different people, they can recognize you by the way you walk and stand. 
Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and I just call them like we just go chicken girls. We call them chicken girls, and they all come running. They'll come running from way across the field. They just, they're like yeah, they're, food. They're, <laughs> they're the coolest things, and they run like little Tyrannosaurus Rexes. Like their legs are just <laughs> going in, and they're very cute. And then my next favorite well, is they the are one. little Tyrannosaurus Rexes. They little, are yeah. little Velociraptors. Yeah. Exactly, but don't get a rooster because they're brutal. Robert wants to know if you name your chickens. Um, I have named a couple of them. So one of my roosters was Greybeard. Uh, another rooster, his name was John Wayne. <laughs> John um, Wayne. Right now, <laughs> right now I have three new black ones that uh, lay. They lay blue <laughs> eggs, and I've called them Sage, Ginger, well Sage, Ginger, and Saffron. So normally, <laughs> normally I don't name Wait. them, but. Eat no, we can't eat them. We we have bleeding hearts. We can't eat them. No, uh, the the blue eggs. Oh, the eggs. Yes, yes. I thought you meant the chickens. You eat those? <laughs> no, not the chickens. <laughs> yes, we eat the blue eggs, and we have what's also called uh, they call them Easter eggers. So these chickens lay eggs of multiple different colors. They're pink, green, yellow, and then when we sell really? our eggs. Yeah, we put them in a carton with all mixed colors, so they sell more than other eggs. Like they sell. Mm -hmm. I bet. Yeah. Never is, is that something that particular type of chicken does, or is it maybe the? Yeah, feet? They, they're they're bred to do that. So there's certain huh. breeds that are like I don't know a lot about chickens. I'm learning about right. them, but the ones we have are a Leghorn. They're called a, a Leghorn, and they're bred with they're bred with something else to to do these eggs. And people specialize in breeding chickens to get these different eggs. It's right. a whole thing, like, yeah. All right, guys, we're not talking Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, they're, getting bored. they're getting bored talking about chickens. No, they're <laughs> talking about names, like, come here, dinner. Oh. Hey, dinner, get over here. I'm hungry. Yeah. Chicken, chicken. I, I name all my chicken chickens dinner. food. <laughs> Yeah, we had a chicken no, they're, they're, before they're, I came on listening. with you guys. Before I came on with you guys tonight, that's why I was a little bit late. Is because my chickens got out over the fence today, and we're climbing up the mountain here trying to get our chickens back. And I was hot and sweaty <laughs> after I've been running around <laughs> after these chickens. But we just got these ones, so they're they're very different from our other chickens. Our other chickens were very docile and calm, and these guys are just like crazy chickens. Yeah, these guys are in here naming them. You got uh, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All, I've heard all that. All from one. the dinner family. <laughs> I've heard that one before. <laughs> Poor chickens. <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, there's it's it's amazing. That, you know, you're talking about uh, the internet and and social media and that. It's it's amazing how big of a of a uh, community you can grow. Yeah. On chickens, on gold, and on anything. Willow anything. trees. Yeah. <laughs> anything. It just, mean, you just have to be consistent. That's it. Right. Right. I mean, uh, there's there's people making making money doing uh, coin pusher machines. Yeah. On YouTube, it's it's it's, it's amazing uh, of yeah. the money that can be made on YouTube. 
How did you guys get started? I haven't. I'm not a YouTuber. <laughs> No, but how did you get started with this podcast? How did you get going? Oh, that's that's Ed. This this show is Ed's show. I'm his co-host. He started. He's been doing YouTube for how long, Ed? Oh, forever. Oh eight, oh eight. I think I started. Wow. And actually, the twenty second of this month is the sixth year birthday for Tuesday Night Hangout Live. Oh, wow. Interesting. Very cool. But for Ed, his claim to fame is his In the Shed with Ed videos. <laughs> right. His DIY. That's how people know him. Oh, That's right. how I what I did mostly when I first started, because <laughs> <Right. laughs> I just moved here from out west. I, I'm originally from the concrete forest jungle of oh, Southern yeah. California, Anaheim. Oh, wow. I, I moved to Skagit Valley, Washington to, to uh, Anacortes on Fildago Island. That's uh, not too far from Vancouver. No, I used to take the ferry up to Vancouver Island oh, yeah. and yeah. play a lot in Victoria. Fun city. Mm. Fun city. Mm. Um, but then up there I got into prospecting. Growing up I was into surfing and girls and girls <laughs> and surfing. And if I knew then what I know now, I would have been ditching to dredge for gold and stuff yeah. if I chase girls and surf. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what life's about, right? To learn. But learn I, I left because of pretty much my lifestyle, and I wanted to live longer than 30. Yeah. Um, so I moved a rural area and raised my kids even farther up the Skagit River in mm -hmm. a little hamlet called Pumpkin Center, um, about 12 miles upriver from Cedral Woolley, Washington. You know, I, and um, that's where I got into prospecting and mining mm -hmm. when I was raising my family. Um, so... Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. lots of lots of interesting things to do within the realm of gold mining. Like you can, like you said, just prospecting, just gold panning. Um, what are those things called? Clues? No, 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 no. No, the things that you can look for. The well, metal detecting. Yeah, metal detecting. Yeah, that would be interesting too. Yeah. Oh, you haven't done that yet, huh? No, I haven't because. In the Yukon, I mean, people talked about it. And we thought about, oh, you have to get a, you'd have to get a really good one of those things. But it, there's too many um, heavy metals or whatever around when you're gold mining. It would just set it off. Right. Yeah, uh, I forget what that stuff's called now. But anyways, there's too, there's just so much of it that it would set it off all the time, so it wouldn't be feasible to use one. But I've been yeah, following I've this girl it. called uh, Digger Dawn. Have you heard of her? Oh yeah. Yeah, and she's, she's from Great Britain. Yeah, she's kind of interesting. We got a lot of metal detectors in this chat room. Oh, do you? Oh yeah. yeah. 
Deej, Deej, with Deej. She's a detectorist that we got into prospecting. Uh, right. She was with us her first time prospecting. Yeah, really. I got her working river sluice, and her friend was running my dredge. <laughs> and um, the, uh, Liz, the digging connect, was in here earlier. She might still be lurking in the background. <laughs> uh, uh, of course, our favorite Ohio relic hunter. Yeah, he's a detectorist, but he prospects a little too but he's more of a detectorist so with the detectors do they find gold or more other things uh they're they're relic and coin hunters oh yeah but we do have friends that are very good nugget shooters hmm very hey. interesting i like to learn more about it well let's see let me uh two toes um there'd be bedrock bennett bedrock Holy bennett top cat bill sutherland in arizona yeah and tammy and tammy right yeah uh those are bill's bill's got very he has a lot of instructional videos on using metal detectors. oh yeah uh, especially yeah. looking for gold yeah, because I think you got to get those. He, he looks for gold in Arizona. Yeah, I'd be looking for gold. I'm going to. Oh, and don't forget, and we mustn't forget WI Golds. Yeah. Detecting Y pictures. Gold. Yeah. WI Gold. He says, uh, uh, "Here's here's his comment that, that he's making to you, I believe. <laughs> Good metal detectors that'll handle a lot of high mineralization will run you a few thousand dollars. Mine uh, land." And yes, mine lab. Yeah, I've mine heard of lab. mine lab. Yeah. Yes, nugget shooter at Tammy and her yeah. other half, Bill, uh, Southern, uh, good detectorist nugget hunters mm. out of Arizona. Yep. Yeah, hey, I, I, I have. Yeah, you're I right, uh brad willie shiny gold in arizona uses the detector also huh, wow there must not be too many of those heavy metals that they hang out there i forget what they're called pot not i uh, forget the name of it anyways i forgot uh, to show you guys these i had uh, a couple ooh, of these sitting here. nice you find that yeah. in your mind huh yeah so these are a couple of, i believe they are from a baby mammoth but yeah, so you can see the ivory oh. there. Yeah. Just looks like a stick, hey? So these are... Yeah, I found, a stick. Well, if you didn't know what you were looking for, yeah, it looks like a stick, except for it's heavier, but I have the two matching pairs. That's sweet. That's cool. Yeah. These are worth... I know in the Yukon they find... A, like, they'll find full tusks there. We never found any full tusks when we were there more... Because we were ripping. We had to rip... Uh, the ground right. a lot. So when you rip with big ripper teeth, you tend to break them up. But um, some of them will go for like thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah, good money in those. Yeah, they're very heavy. I'm just going to keep them raw like this. I'm not going to polish them. I'm going to mount them on some metal brackets or something like that. Yeah, but you would uh, find a lot of you would find a lot of other things out there. A lot of bones, like a lot of. Right. We found some really weird bird bones and we thought that maybe it might be pterodactyl 
they came and they took them away and uh, we never heard anything back. So <laughs> I don't know. Don't know what they were. Yeah, they're they, just all, found they, were... A woolly, they just found a baby woolly mammoth not too long ago. Yeah, I saw that. I saw yeah. that. Everybody in the chat room was saying get good entry level for gold would be a mind lab one thousand, monster one thousand. Okay. Which is what I what I that used. will run you about a grand. But I I found gold with my Equinox 800. It has a prospecting oh, yeah. mode. It's completely waterproof up to 10 feet. And I so, found three really good nuggets in California with it. So you can use that in the in the creek beds, like what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, you could. Not not the monster though. Not the monster. Oh, okay. The Equinox 800. I did, I did find those with my monster the first time I went out and used it. Oh, nice. Wow. Beauties. Yeah. I like my first nuggets. <laughs> you guys those are my there first don't nuggets. need to see those. You've all seen Jesse's nuggets. You've all seen them a hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went panning a couple weeks ago, and my first pan, I got a little nugget. So. Cool. Nice. How far are you from like Barkerville in the Caribou? I'm about I'm about uh, four hours, three and a half hours, something oh, like that. That ain't too bad. No, I was just actually up that way not too long ago. Yeah, Greg, uh, me miner, he was saying in the chat room that he has a claim in the Caribou. Yeah, yeah. There's a fair amount of gold around there. And even the area I'm in right now, Camelot, there's a fair amount of gold at uh, this place called Tronquille. There's a lot of people come from everywhere to go panning there. I, I, I tell you what, Brady, if you were serious about uh, going up there to find the rest <laughs> of those cans, mm -hmm. do it. Terry Curry is right on. If you had a detector, you could find the rest of those yeah. cans. Good idea. I never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. Ready, cover. See. And there's yep. nobody mining there right now, so I could potentially just go right in there. There you go. Yeah, metal detector. Just... A good yeah. metal detector. Yeah, yeah. Get... <laughs> when I when I first when I first was looking at metal detectors, someone told me figure out spending about a hundred dollars per foot right. that you want to go in down, yeah, down be able deep, to penetrate. Yeah. yeah. You know. So. But, you know, I don't know how true that is. I'm not really a metal detectorist, per se. I yeah. use it to find gold and uh, and uh, heavy metals to look for gold. But, uh, yeah, uh, that would be, if that's what you really want to do, get up there and look for I those do. cans. <laughs> metal detector is going to do it. You need to spend about a grand or more, you know. Mm -hmm. You can spend all kinds of money on one. But uh, I, I, I remember know. when when we were mining, we were looking into getting one, and I remember Minecraft. Mine is it Minecraft? No, mine. Mine lab. Mine lab, mine lab used to kept coming up. That that was one of the best ones. So. If you're yeah, if you're looking for gold, mine lab is the way to go. And then the 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 monster, like what I got is good entry level. Mm -hmm. uh, but if if you're gonna be really serious serious about it. You'd want to go with a what, twenty five hundred, thirty five hundred? Oh yeah. Uh, you know, a a a more powerful machine. Mm -hmm. Watch. Uh, that's what 
what what's Tutel's use, Ed? He uses the what's that? The CDS or SDC? Yeah, uh, it folds up. Same with Topcat. <coughs> what? 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 Yes, SDC twenty three hundred. Thanks, Kyle. Yeah. Thanks, David. And Terry. <laughs> Terry. <laughs> yeah, but if, if I mean, those guys have used theirs and have paid for it. Mm -hmm. You know. Oh yeah. Within one season. Boy, Especially that now, one nugget, Bedrock Bennett found probably paid for his detector. Yeah, just that one nugget, huh? Yeah. It was as big as a cigarette pack. Oh, really? Wow. Where was this? What area? California. Motherload. Oh, wow. That would be that would be so cool. <laughs> Hell yeah, bounty hunter will find you those tin cans, without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Well, let's go ahead and give a, a book away or a book or two. Well, we've gave one away to Deej. I'll get you There's her address. There's the book right there. Yeah. Type in Shane if you would like to get in on it. Signed copy. So Signed do you, uh, copy. Do you plan on doing any more books on any of the other women that were in the Klondike uh, during that time? I mean, I can't say that that I am right now, but you never know what what uh -huh. could happen, right? I never thought I would write a book. It just um, <laughs> <laughs> what happened is I'd always wanted to, but I had no idea how to even begin. And I took a. I was. Have you ever heard of Toastmasters? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I yeah. was going to go. I was going to take a Toastmasters course, and ended up going another way and took this course on public speaking, and I had to. Um, craft this short story that I ended up having to read for the first time in front of about a hundred people. And it was terrifying. <laughs> it was, then it was about, it was about this book. It was about before I wrote it, but it was a, huh? on along the lines of my life. And then I had to do it again in front of about a thousand people. And they saved me for the last one. And all I remember is that I got a huge standing ovation from everybody. And I realized, okay, people really do want to hear about this. People are interested, but they most, I think a lot of people, it was a lot, it was women. It was all women. So I think that it was also because I survived what, what I'd gone did. through and right. I ended up, they really cheered when they found out I bought a Harley Davidson <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, went riding. People really like motorcycles too. So especially women, women, it's a big thing now that women are really getting into riding motorcycles. And, so do you, uh, you more power you, to them. Yeah, yeah. Do you think do you look at this book like a self-help book for for people, or is it just something you? No, just... it's not a self-help book. It's just a it's a story. It's a if you're interested in adventure and you know thinking to yourself, mm -hmm. oh wow, that's pretty cool. Like I could see myself doing that, or you know that's really cool right. that she did that. Because I get that a lot from people. That's really cool that you did that, and you weren't scared. But I was scared. I was scared the whole time. I was scared of flying. I was scared of machinery I, oh, I, I just did flying. it like yeah well i do now and i love helicopters i wish i had my helicopter pilot's license but helicopter i'm a helicopter mechanic oh are you I'm a, yeah <laughs> yeah i, I love was, helicopters i was a i was a cobra, cobra crew chief in, in vietnam oh wow so, yeah. 
Interesting. Right. That's that's a story right there. Oh, you think you got stories? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And that's what I tell people. Like when people say, you know, writing a book, what, uh, did you always think you wanted to be an author? No, I had no idea. This just story came to me and it happened. It was my life. And everybody has a story. Every single person has sure. a freaking story. Everybody does. All you got to do, and this is how I wrote my book, is I wrote down the 10 most important things that ever happened to me in my life. And then I took the top one and the top one turned out to be the gold mining story. And then from there, I took all the, the 10 things that there were, were the most important things that happened to me while I was gold mining. And those became my chapters. And so it's actually quite easy to do. Writing the book was the easiest thing. Uh, marketing it is a total another game. <laughs> right. That's what, I said, that's what I said earlier. Writing the book is yeah. the easy part. Selling yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not a great salesperson. So, you know, I sold... Uh, a lot of books to I, I sold as many as I knew I would sell to because I have a fairly large um, Facebook page and I have multiple pages so I did well there and Amazon yeah that goes by all your ratings people don't buy unless you have ratings so right. people that I give books to that's all I ask them for them to do is to please go on Amazon and look at Brandy Radford the chain and give me an honest review so well that's all I'll, I ask I'll have to give you a review and I, yeah. I put it in the book section in my in my uh, Amazon uh, store, Shopping cart? my flash yeah. in your pan store. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so, not that I get a lot of traffic, but Terry Curry is wondering how long did it take to write the book? Um, from start to finish, like when I actually went into my room. I'd make myself go in there every day for at least a couple hours. It only actually took me about six to seven months of actual writing. And then doing all the rest of it, coming up with the artwork, the editing, all that kind of stuff. So uh, in total, I, it took me a year when I really got serious about it. Because I talked about it and I dabbled in it and I do that and I go, oh my God, I can't, I don't know what I'm doing. It's very difficult <laughs> to write a book when you don't have a clue what you're doing. And I also, I only have my grade eight education. So I'm not like, I'm not somebody that should have been a book writer. I just had the stories. So anybody yeah, can write a book. Of... And I think, I think that people like to read books from people that just are having real life things that they can relate to. Right. So. There's a lot of a lot of involved in writing writing a book, writing anything really. You know, you gotta mm -hmm. first your subject, and you you want to be as descriptive as possible without mm -hmm. being wordy. Exactly. <laughs> without being problem. boring. I, I get too wordy. <laughs> yeah, I and I self I self publish too, so that's another thing. Like I didn't have somebody publishing for me. I self published, so I had to learn a lot. Um, it's just, you know, and I learned that I probably shouldn't have bought so many books, <laughs> but uh, you get you get a cheaper price if you buy by the book. So, um, but I, I, that was something I learned. I wouldn't buy many books because you can keep having them printed. And if you're on Amazon, they just print on demand. So they don't have to have any printed books, right? Mm -hmm. So if somebody orders a book, they print it and they send it to you. Um, the quality is a little bit different. Like if you get one from me, uh, the cover is a little bit different. It's shinier. It's more expensive than the one you're going to get from Amazon. It's not as as good a quality. It's still good quality. Well, you're you're not buying the book for the cover. You're buying it for the words. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But the cover gets gets people a, attention. Right. Right. So. right. Yeah. 
have you Absolutely. thought about offering it as like an ebook on your website also? It is an in ebook form also. Um, oh, cool. Through Amazon, you can get it as ebook. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and audiobook is another big thing. Like people, I don't read, I like audiobooks. Um, but uh, that's a whole nother thing because you have to find somebody to. I'm right there with you, sister. I yeah. Listen to my books. Yeah, I love listening. Otherwise, I fall asleep. It's not that I can't read, it's just. <laughs> I, 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 same here. I like reading, but mm. I fall asleep too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> You read the same line over and over. And so oh, on. you know how many times I've read that line? Didn't I just read this line? I know. <laughs> just, a paragraph ago, I... just a minute ago, I could have swore <laughs> I read that. Yeah. <laughs> Takes you 10 years to read a book, right? Yeah. I guess it depends on what you're doing. Like right now, it'd be really hard for me to stop long enough to read a couple pages or anything. Yeah. Not that I do anything, but... Still, it, it still takes time to sit and read. Yeah. So yeah, audio books are great. To... You can you can be working still. You can be doing whatever and listening right. through your headphones, and there it's great. But it's a little. I don't know anything about that yet. I'd have to. I could read it myself as my own audio book, but I don't think I have the greatest. I have a bit of a lisp sometimes, so I don't think it's the greatest. But and that's not easy to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, to to read out loud. Yeah. To read out loud is rather difficult, actually. You can read to yourself because you can skip words and yeah. not necessarily pronounce them the way. Well, you pronounce them right in your head anyway. <laughs> yeah. You know, but but when you actually have to put it to audio where you got to read exactly what is written there, the way it's written there, that's yeah. really hard. I was, I was trying to do that with a book that I'm reading because I wanted to talk about it, right? And I was going to read read it, like read a chapter at a time or a paragraph at a time and then talk about it. But it was that taking me so long. long. <laughs> just, it, it was just taking me so long to get to read a a paragraph without stumbling over everything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's, for some reason, it doesn't sink in as much either. I find that listening to it, it sinks in better. I can remember it better. So. Yeah. Well, everybody's different. Well, give me a countdown, Brandy, and we'll give away that second one you were talking about. Uh, countdown from what, 10? <laughs> Whatever you want. Okay. Uh, five, four, three, two, one. Zero. <laughs> 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 All right. Heath Dottie, Dottie, sorry, Heath. Woody. He's out of New York. Oh, cool. Congratulations, yeah, didn't get no Heath. Pardon me? You didn't get any Australians tonight. No, nope. no. Uh, one from Michigan, digging with Deej, and one from New York, Heath Dottie. Dodie, awesome. sorry. So you you send I me their information? Do. Is that how it goes? Yeah, I'll send it to you. I believe I have both their addresses already anyway. Yeah, I can ship them off tomorrow. Congratulations, Heath. Congratulations, Deej. Uh, we're heading into overtime. 
brand new. Two hours well, with good. you just flew by. <laughs> I knew yeah. you could do it. I knew you could. We, we didn't even get to the hypothetical question or nothing tonight. Oh, <laughs> but we'll say that for the next time. How's that? Yeah. When you yeah, come out with book. the sequel of for your, your next book. book. My next or book any, or uh, when I get back event. up to the Yukon. There you yeah, go. or any event you might want to share, you know. We'd be glad to have you back on. Um, well, after the sabbatical from the show, our, our right now our open line Tuesdays, where we try to open up the line to everybody, um, uh -huh. is the last Tuesday of the month. Mm -hmm. uh, but this year, out of before my mom died, we never missed a show until just last year Aww. and and we but i i need kind of a break to work on other projects and to redo my shop and studio mm -hmm. and um some other Regroup. stuff and actually get out in the river and streams and detect and stuff too and mm -hmm. um and a little bit in the shed with ed stuff because there is <laughs> A lot of people out there like it for some reason. Yeah, but well, you got you got the personality. And so June is our last month, remember, and the last this coming up, open line Tuesdays, we are gonna have some giveaways for subscribers. You have to be publicly subscribed. Um and uh I think you'll like it. But when we come back after September, uh, we'll, we'll be taking three months off. And then our open line Tuesdays will be the first Tuesday of the month. Um, so remember <laughs> that. Remember that. Or I could remind, uh, re remind you of that. What? You've been, you've been reading the chat? Uh, yes and no. Ed, make sure you clean that shed. Yeah, yeah, Terry Curry. I'm working yeah. on it. I'm working on it. It's a mess. Uh, you thought Oscar Madison was bad? Meet Ed Marvin. Just, <laughs> oh, just get another shed, Ed, and throw that all that yeah. junk in. Get it. Right, Lock the door. Right. Yeah, okay, guys. Okay. Well, uh, Brandy and the, the chat room loved the show they oh, good. loved what you were talking about you did good. excellent you did great absolutely fabulous daughter. yeah and everybody fabulous. uh everybody's uh was happy you were here good because nice you never know what people even want to listen to so <laughs> well i i watched the chat room because the to see if they're actually listening i can mm -hmm. tell when they're listening to our guests mm -hmm. because they'll be They'll be doing like what they did tonight. We started talking about the chickens. They were right into it, you right. know. And we got such a we got such a gutter crowd. So <laughs> well, it's always going to be fun and funny, right? Oh yeah. I can tell when they're not listening because they'll be we'll be talking about this or that. The guest is talking about what he's talking about, and they're talking about Chevys and Fords and this pickup truck. <laughs> you know, they're talking about other stuff. So I I can tell I can. Tell when 
they're not following and they were with you all night right oh good that's another thing i could talk about i could talk about cars because i love freaking cars <laughs> okay well hey <laughs> these guys love talking about everything <laughs> <laughs> we got a we got a great a great cat room here like i said uh you watched them yep yeah. i'm gonna watch more now too well, well, from now on, don't be a lurker. Be a chatter. Let us know. Yeah, so I, I subscribed, um, but I didn't really, I don't really know if I actually got in. You know what I mean? Uh, go to the little bell by my subscribe button uh -huh. and make sure it's white okay. for all notifications. And you'll oh, okay, know okay, when yeah. I post anything or go live okay got it well yeah, that's a, that's another that's another sign that they're not paying attention to the the guests is when they're all in there picking on me <laughs> <laughs> and when they're silent you know they're really listening they're really listening when they're oh. when they're when this when this chat room is really enthralled in what you're talking about it I mean, hardly moves unless it's yeah. no chat. questions. Right. You know, so, but with you tonight, they, they were engaged. They were talking about the subjects you were talking about. We were, they were, they were commenting, not a lot of questions, but yeah. they were, they were paying attention. That's, that's a good sign. You all get an A tonight, class. Thank you. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I'm glad all, I, I'm I'm glad I contacted you guys. It was very interesting, and I really enjoyed that. Well, well I'm glad you did I, too. I love the story. I it's really cool enjoyed story. it. Uh, well, maybe one day I'm praying that I will come across somebody who thinks it would be a great um, miniseries, so or a movie. Pitch it. Either or. Pitch it. That's what I'm hoping pitch for. It. Pitch it. I know. Pitch I know. That's what I told you. I'm not the greatest at marketing myself, but. Uh, I really see it as a movie. So. Oh, if I can do it, you can do it. Uh, and yeah. look what you, you've accomplished already. Right. As, uh, as some would say, don't let those bastards hold you down. No, nobody can. There you <laughs> right. go. And, and like That's I said, the, the, chat room, the chat room was engaged with the conversation. They were engaged with the stories you were talking about. They may have been off the wall with their response <laughs> to the comments, but I expect no less. Okay, yeah. you know, uh, Jesse. That, but that tells me they're listening to what Jesse, you're talking about. we're being hounded in the chat room by one of our frequent... Uh, wait, flash in your pan. If there were no restrictions... Okay, I gotta do it. Time for hypotheticals. Give the people what they want, Jesse. <laughs> okay, there you have no limitations. Money's no object. Laws don't mean crap to you. You can do whatever, go wherever, hunt for whatever you want to hunt for. At any time you want to go. Anywhere. Where would you go? What would you hunt for? I added that, Ed. Oh, okay. <laughs> What would you? What would you? Where would you go? And what would you hunt for? Are you asking me? Yeah, yeah of course. Oh, you asking me? Where would I go? And what would I hunt for? Remember, money's no object. Laws I don't mean do. nothing to you. 
Time and space don't mean nothing to you. Well, I only know one thing that I would hunt for. I don't know where I would go, but I'd hunt for a 1970 Hemi Cuda. <laughs> <laughs> Best one. You could probably find a, a really nice one down in L.A. Uh, actually, yeah. <laughs> a guy I went to school with had a Cuda. So, Barracuda. Yeah, Too much money. But yeah, I, I wish I still had my El Camino Super Sport. Oh, yeah, I love El Caminos too. Oh man, DP, you go and all my Volkswagen buses. Jeez, <laughs> you hear that? You hear that? Way uh, sweet answer, Brady. Way sweet answer. You, you would say that, MacGyver muscle machine, buddy. <laughs> All right, everybody, thanks for joining us. Next week, we have our own Y Gold joining us on Tuesday night. Hey, Night Live, we'll talk oh boy, to him about detecting the beaches of SoCal and mining for gold in Arizona and much more, I'm sure. Um, and then remember, 27th, be here. Um, Vendetta Prospecting is sponsoring a couple of giveaways, and knowing Mike, you'll like. So, all of you out there, until next time, may you always have a flash in your pan. And you know what he's going to say next. That's right, because it does happen. Hi, Heath. Hi, Heavy Meadow. Hi, Robert Dupati. Ah, Bill, it does happen. Maybe one day, too. We'll meet you on the river. But know what? Right now, we're out of here. Night, everybody. Good night, David, Jerry, Jeff, Fred, Heath. Thank you all very much, Robert. See ya, brothers, sisters. Four, three, Bye. two, one. Hasta la vista. Hasta la vista. Keep your heart soft and your pants heavy. That's mm. right. I like that. Oh, oh I like that. And your Keep your heart soft and your pants heavy. <laughs> Jesse's going to make a shirt now. <laughs> Better copyright it quick. Or a cup. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh.